Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dallas Comedy Club podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Alou, and today, for the very first time, I am sitting down with the one and only, the amazingly talented, the wearer of many hats at this club, uh, the co-founder, the HR, grand champion, turkey farmer, toilet paper changer, insomniac, Wonderful human being, literally my best friend on the planet, Miss Rosie Carruth. Welcome, Rosie. Yay! Do I clap for myself? Yes, clap for yourself. Yay! Oh my gosh, thank you for sitting down with me today. Thank you for having me here at um, our home away from home. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. just walked right next door from our office. Yep. Uh, we use this podcast studio as the escape to get away from... Uh, our other coworkers, we we hide in it, we cry in it, and now we do podcasts. Now in we it. do podcasts. Yeah. The actual reason this room exists. <laughs> Woo. Um, Rosie, I am thrilled to be sitting down with you because you are the only person I know for more than a couple months in this building. Uh, Rosie and I met over the pandemic while I was teaching classes on Zoom for uh, uh, the Pit in New York City, and Rosie and I just freaking clicked immediately. She was in my first Zoom class ever. Uh, we just kept hanging out on Zoom as much as we could, different classes, different teams, uh, one of which is Tampoon, woo -woo. Uh, that still performs together every once in a blue moon whenever Caroline and Desiree can get their butts down to Dallas. Um, and it's just so exciting because I feel like while we know each other really well and I feel like I've known you my whole life, there's still so much I don't know about you. And so I'm going to ask a lot of questions. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know that I'm an open book mm -hmm. um, and I might have to reel it in a little bit. No, <laughs> don't reel it in. This I, is yeah, I feel like since I met you, everything's just been like, uh, you know, we've hit the ground running, which I don't really get that metaphor. <laughs> um, but, but we have. Yeah, we don't like get to do coffee and like nails and girls shit like we've, gone, we've yeah. gotten our nails done together once uh and this morning we went and walked and got a coffee yeah, and yeah. that's the extent of us hanging out outside of this building yeah um <laughs> so it's so nice to be in the podcast yeah. room with you and um i'm nervous don't right. be nervous she's been <laughs> so nervous nervous y'all and i don't know why i'm an easy person to talk to we you talk are. every day in yeah. this building but now it's like oh spotlight's on you the spotlight's on i'm sweaty don't be sweaty okay, it's fine. she's sweating bullets oh right my now God. don't tell them i'm changing my shirt <laughs> Uh, Rosie, I, I want to know, first and foremost, how did you get involved in comedy? Were you always the class clown? Did someone tell you very early on, like, you're funny? Or were you just, <laughs> like the rest of us, sad and desperate for attention? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, it's definitely a combination of all of that. Yep. Um, but I think I have that second child syndrome, and my sister was just, she's just great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that I was just, uh, you know, great, like, like uh adjacent. <laughs> uh, you're pretty great. You're no, pretty great. Thank you very much. Um, but I think that, yeah, I just, uh, I was just a year younger and I just acted out a little bit more. And I just, uh, I always liked being wild child. Um, and my dad is just a big fan of comedy. And mm -hmm. I feel like I, um, that's probably where it started is just growing up. He was the one staying up late watching Saturday Night Live. So I was able to do that with him, um, where my perfect sister would be asleep on time. And so <laughs> She's like, I have an exam tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Um, Roseanne. So I would get to be, um, but yeah. I would be able to stay up with my dad and watch like Saturday Live and stuff. And so I think that that's really where it started. Um, and then really just getting that attention and that like positive affirmation of like, uh, oh, I made people laugh. And yeah. there's just nothing more um, 
like validating and special and like connecting and vulnerable in that moment when you like throw out a joke, somebody laughs and it hits and you just it's like drugs. Yeah, it's drugs. that is my drug. It's absolutely my drug. And I knew that from a young age. So I didn't get into drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I just did comedy. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's the healthiest drug you can do. Probably yeah. just as expensive, but <laughs> but yeah. so much better for you, like physically, healthy wise. Like you are you meet the best people on the yeah. planet in Definitely. this world. So when and where was your first like official improv class? My first official improv class actually was I was exposed to improv on my first day of school in college at San Diego State University and I was taking a um, theater class and it was just like theater 101 hundreds of people in there and uh, right before our class ended the improv teacher at the time came in and was like hey we do this stuff you know we do make them ups yuck yuck <laughs> um, so uh, if you want to come by after this class is over it's we'll just be right out there and we'll play like you know zip zap zop and stuff yeah and we did. I hung around and it was just dope. And I started going every week. And then I was on like the um, the college short term form team for a little bit. And um, I got most improved, which means I sucked the most. <laughs> Everybody knows that means you suck the most. And so like, I just I love that like so much um, because I feel like, uh, you know, you can only challenge yourself as an adult, like in so many different ways. And sorry mm -hmm. if I'm getting off topic. No, but not at all. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it's all about. Tangents on tangents on tangents. Yes. So um, I feel like in comedy, I've been able to challenge myself in a ton of different ways as an adult and like even as like a young adult and then like growing up and being like not more middle age and stuff but yeah. like learning that you can still take risks and still be interesting in your own right and like that you can impress people and also that you're not going to be someone's cup of tea and I feel like all of that kind of started in college at a time for me where I was like still figure out who I was mm -hmm. so I, I hold um, comedy very special to who I am because it helps me digest kind of every relationship and interaction that I have. Hell yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was not a tangent at all. That maybe answered the question perfectly. Um, 10 points. 10 points for Rosie. Push that applause button again. Yeah, applause. <laughs> thunderous applause here again. Um, man, I, I love hearing that because it, it is true. It's uh, it's such an easy, lovely way to connect with people. Um, and I, I especially like that you just said that you're not always someone's cup of tea. And I think as improvisers, comedians, the quicker you can learn that just because someone doesn't think you're funny doesn't mean you're not funny. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Everyone is different, especially in improv. It just celebrates everyone's unique voice, their unique uh, approach to being on stage, the characters they do. I mean, some of the funniest people we see on these stages are not actors. Dude, can I give a shout out? Yes. to? Uh, there was a student on stage in Sketch Cram recently uh -huh. that just, he died on stage, physically died, you know, like as, as a character, but also like was dying. Like the audience was not <laughs> clapping. They were not a part of it. And man, his name is Spencer Whelan. And we love you. Spencer. I love you, Spencer. I got like tears in my eyes. I'm like, this is what it's about. Yeah. Like his commitment to it. And I felt so connected to him in this way that every real artist that was in there like felt it. Yeah. And I thought that was so special. And uh, I want more of that. Yeah. And so even if people left that show being like, that was kind of weird when he died, like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, they remember that. They maybe didn't talk about the easy laugh, like the low hanging fruit. Right. But they remembered feeling that moment where we all felt like organically and like uh, in the same room, that human interaction of like someone being vulnerable, maybe it not hit but we felt right? we felt it yeah, yes yeah. absolutely yeah. <laughs> you know you brought up sketch cram and I want to talk about sketch cram a little bit so Rosie um, in, in addition to being one of the co-founders here in addition to being a grand champion turkey farmer which we'll get to <laughs> later um, you know Rosie performs a lot here and she produces a lot of shows one of which is sketch cram and sketch cram is kind of a newish iter uh, thing that hit our, our calendars recently come to Dallas Comedy Club you can check out sketch cram which uh, five writers get chosen 
season at random. They have seven days to write, produce, put up a sketch, and then the audience gets to vote on which one they like the most. And then at the very end of this whole shebang, we're going to have all of those winners uh, compete. And one winner will be chosen, and they'll be given a two-weekend run on our main stage. How did you come up with this idea? Why did this happen now? Like, just talk about why sketch. And I know sketch is a whole other love of yours outside of improv. And so I just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I've done improv for a really long time. I started stand-up for a couple years, and um, sketch is... Is, has always been there as something that, like I said, was Saturday Night Live. It drew me in, right? And it's a, uh, it's on paper. It's something you can point to of like this is almost mathematically funny. Yeah. And I think it's so cool to see the formulas and to see um, kind of what heightening is to different people, and then also to build a portfolio. And I think um, what a lot of improvisers and casual comedians lack is actually a true, tried and true portfolio to show for their work, right? Yeah. Because we are creating content all the time. Kim, you've done improv what twenty years? Oh my god. <laughs> So long. Shut yeah. up. You're aging no, me so I'm hard sorry. right now. What the um, fuck? But like if you wrote down the funny concept of every scene you were in, oh boy. this podcast room would be full ten times, right? Oh my God. And, I would be famous. Yeah, though I would not. No, but, but I mean yeah. we would have stuff to really point to. And so I really want to encourage that in our young comedians uh, to put stuff on paper. So we have stuff to um, kind of work out and develop these things that could be their pilot in two years. Yes. And it was just a funny you know that we did. Um I'm making faces and being really hilarious. Oh, man, I wish Um, we had a camera on Rosie right now. It's wonderful. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so I think that there is a community for this, and um, we really want more sketch writers and writers in general. And um, what a lot of improvisers and casual comedians kind of don't think of themselves as writers, they are writing. They're producing content. Mm -hmm. So, blah, blah, blah. Basically, what I want is to show people they can crank out a sketch. They can do it in a week. They can put it up. It's not so scary. We're improvising everything every day. Right now, this conversation is not scripted. Mm-mm. And so if we say something funny, maybe I'll write it down and maybe you'll see it next week on the stage. Hell yeah. Um, and so I want people to be developing content. I want them to think about Sketch as uh, really a portfolio builder. Um, and I want them to celebrate in this thing that we can do repeatable. We can uh, build on it. We can do it better. And I think Sketch is just such a wonderful way to um uh, commit to comedy yeah. and put it on a piece of paper. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, and a competition, dude. You know me. I am so competitive. Oh like. man. Okay. Ah. So Rosie and I are two of the most competitive people on the planet. Yeah. Um, the one of the first nights we hung out in person, um, I think I almost got fired because it's I beat true. her. I beat her in the game sequence. Beat. Okay. 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 okay listen, I kicked her ass. Okay. okay. I wanna. I'm gonna sidebar? edit this. Okay. Sidebar. Sidebar. <laughs> sidebar. It was your boyfriend that sunk us. <laughs> you put him on my team. <laughs> I did. It was I, a mole. <laughs> I fucking I I put you with Rob, knowing that he would lose, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, yum yum yum. So long story short, I've never lost at anything. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, except um, for Fight Club. Oh, we got to uh, talk about Fight Club. Uh, okay, here we go. Also, uh, Fight Club, we're going to be champs. Yes. <laughs> no. um, uh, so I let's just backtrack for a moment, though, because the sketch stuff is so fantastic. Um, I, I agree. I think uh, sketch as a whole is uh, very intimidating for a lot mm-hmm. of people. And I think doing something like this where it's like you have seven days to write one sketch, that's not that scary. Yeah. It's seven days. That's a long time to write a sketch, go through a rewrite, put it up. Like that's a l- plenty of time. Um, and it's something that I'm so excited about here because it seems the Dallas community is very is very timid about mm-hmm. writing. Yeah. And so to now see something that's forcing five people to write something in a week, put it up in a week, it 
it's it's going to grow the sketch community here so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I know also I don't do anything unless there's a deadline. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's just how we are oh, as people, yes. right? We are perfectionists. Yeah, and then, um, but, like, also not planners, but also, like, because I can get to it, manage my time. And I feel like Sketch Cram, it's like, look, you got a week, and you'll have something. You'll walk yeah. away from it with the sketch. So, And that's what I love about Sketch Classes, too. Shout out to our sketch program. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because when you take a class, you are developing a whole new sketch every week. It's the same thing. You're getting the tools. You're working out that muscle. And um, I hate going to the gym personally. Yeah. But I always love having had gone to the gym. Right? Yeah. yeah. We're like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm a little sore. And ooh, look at my legs. That's how I feel halfway through a sketch course. Yeah. Or like, you know, through sketch cram when people are like, you know, getting uh, getting back in the groove. They're going to feel like they just worked out a few times. And guess what? They're going to be able to run the marathon uh, come when we put up their show. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, speaking about the sketch class. Uh, so I know our sketch class is very different than a lot of sketch classes here in Dallas. So if you could speak a little bit about what our sketch program and why it's different than these other programs here in Dallas. Yeah, definitely. So um, I think that sketch is uh, so important, like I said, and so foundational to really any school um, because it's putting down on paper what we think is funny, what is relevant, and using kind of our specific formulas to get there. Um, we, uh, as a team, have done so much research and come from so many different backgrounds of sketch, um, and I know we've studied under some of like the great greats, and so I think what's cool is us having so much experience in it, we can kind of siphon down to what we think is the most uh, important, uh, what we think is uh, the most relevant today mm -hmm. because so many schools are um, teaching what they've been teaching for 15 years, which it's tried and true. Right. But some of my favorite stuff right now is, you know, throwing spaghetti on the wall uh, and uh, Auntie Donna's uh, fun house. And mm -hmm. uh, I think you should leave stuff that doesn't follow the formula. And so we want to teach some of that as well. So uh, not just your regular um, premise based or character based, but also stuff like front facing bits, mm -hmm. um, comedy, you know, for the internet type of things. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure that you know how to do a strong one pager and you know how to write with others because that's so yes. much that you know how to pitch yourself because so many people go like oh this might be a stupid idea yeah. and that doesn't make me excited <laughs> to hear about your idea no, come in with confidence yeah. folks. so we want to teach all angles of that and to really kind of show you what works in a writer's room what will get you on stage and also in front of eyeballs because it's different since the pandemic yeah. writing for tiktok is a whole new medium oh yeah it didn't exist two years ago and so we having just made this curriculum as an amalgamation from different um schools life lessons and what we think is funny uh we have the opportunity to make it the most current, the most relevant, you know, and the most uh, just hot off the presses, baby. Here we go. I'm excited about it. And yeah. so I'm excited for everyone to, to see it. Well, and something else that you didn't mention, I, I like to mention this is the fact that all these other sketch programs, it's sort of a combination of your writing and performing. So you take a level one sketch class at, at other schools, you're going to spend maybe, if it's an eight week class, you're going to spend maybe four of those weeks writing sketches and then the other four like prepping for some big grad show at the end. And I have so many friends, I know you do too, who are not performers, but are <laughs> great writers and have never taken a sketch class because they're terrified of the performance aspect of right. it. Um, and something I love so much about us developing this sketch program Program was the fact that we were like, you know what, one and two are writing only. You're going to emerge from levels one and two with a writer's packet. And then level three, if you're a performer, then you can go sit down, pitch your sketches, put together a fully formed sketch show. You know, the level three class is called uh, creating the show because right. that's what it is. There's a full focus on performance versus, oh, let's try and shove it all in into eight weeks. Exactly. Because I really feel like you have to have the tool belt. Yes. You know, you got to have all the parts to build the house. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can't start building a house with nothing but a hammer and 
and nail. Like you need a lot more material to be able to build that house and have it be something that you're really excited and proud of at the end. Definitely. And uh, we really want to prepare um, students for real world life experiences. And you're not always cast as a writer and performer on SNL. And if you really want to, you really do want to hone in on your voice. And again, that the best way to do that is to write it. Um, And then uh, if you can direct it, that's great too. If you can act it, that's great too. But we can't all do it all. So Mm -hmm. let's put the barrier to entry a little bit lower um, and let people dip their toe in and get confident in it. And then they might find out at the end of the day, I am the best person to deliver this monologue. Yeah. Yeah. But But I know for me, I'm not the best actor. I would, I'd way rather cast people. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. And you're a great actor. Come on. Okay. Um, I'm driving a truck. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a believable truck, you guys. Oh, my God. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I really want to talk to you too about your stand up life because it's a, a world that I barely know about you. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been very much exposed to you as a sketch writer, as a, as an improviser, and I've heard little snippets of your stand up <laughs> world. And I want to know all about like what that experience was like, not only doing stand up at, at this point, how many years ago were you? Uh, it's, it'll be like three or four years now? since the last time you did it. Oh no, no. Oh, no. oh yeah. That right you've before been the pandemic. Doing yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so three to four years of doing stand up, and like what that experience has been like, not only here in Dallas, but as a woman in Dallas in yeah. the stand up world. Um, wow. Um, that's a lot to unpack. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> buckle uh, up buttercups. Stand up is a whole different, um, game. And I love having the improv experience to help me with the stand up. And I do feel like there's, should be crossover kind of in all of these things. We see people as a sketch writer, as an improviser, but, um, you can't deal with a heckler without being a good improviser yeah. as a stand up period. You have to, uh, listen and respond in the moment and match the energy, you know? So, um, that's really uh, important as a stand up. So there are a lot of great open mics here. There are a lot of great people that um, have been running them for a long time. Um, and I think that uh, what you find going from improv to stand up is though there are opportunities, improv is so much yes and. It's so much you need each other. It's so much, you know, um, you're working together. And in stand up, it's a lot of uh, people that are like, hey, I want this joke to land. And mm-hmm. they're very focused on their material. So you have a little bit less of that vibe of like, hey, and like Community. hugs when you see something. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So um, it seems, again, intimidating to kind of start. And it's like, it's totally a boys club, you know, it does yeah. seem like that. But uh, everybody also, you just get to meet them and talk to them for a little bit. And everyone just has a guard up and they're all just like soft little, you know, kids and you hear like those me love me exactly and you hear their stories and you hear their stand-up and you're like okay like I get I get them and it's just wild it's a whole nother study in people I don't think that it's anti-women at all here mm-hmm. but I feel like it's perceived that way a little bit and I feel like it's just perceived as clicky kind of anywhere but it shouldn't be we have two yeah. open mics here we have like I said a bunch of other ones in the community my specific stand-up now <laughs> If we want to go there. I want to hear your tight 10 right now. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, I never had a very tight <laughs> 10, I will say. It's a loose uh, 10. It's a loose 10. What I learned is the audiences are so different. Yeah. And that the same joke will hit wildly different, like, in New York versus, like, you know, in the suburbs here versus downtown here and stuff. Mm-hmm. Most of my jokes were about, like, depression or, like, taboo kind of topics, which mm-hmm. was I was just trying to be, like, edgy girl. And it's funny because it's my voice, but it wasn't there yet. I never uh, hit it exactly. And um, I'm excited I wanna be getting back into it because I feel like they say it takes 
seven years you yeah. know, to get your voice in comedy. I feel like I'm halfway there. You know me, like, I'm not, like, so depressed, but I have, like, I'm sarcastic, oh, you know, yeah. and I have, like, a, cause, you know, some hot takes that are... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I would really love to make that match with my personality perfectly. And, and now knowing what I know in comedy is, like, if anybody out there is an open micer, if, can, if I can give you a tip. Yeah, give it. Don't tape it and put it online. Don't <laughs> do it. It is so far away from being the finished version of your, yeah, your first couple sets. You're going to be so proud and, the, and like the audience is so loud and you're so happy. But like, I promise you, hang on to that for a year <laughs> and then, um, yeah, uh, revisit that. But yeah, so I think that stand up. Yeah, if you guys, there's some stuff online. If you Googled it, lol. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm always worried about getting canceled but also I want to always have it open for comedians to take risks and so I don't want to erase everything that I have online right yeah I want to be able to say like, oh yeah I've effed up that was a word that we could use back then or something not anymore um but that's how i really feel about stand-up in general Mm -hmm. is that almost sorry like p.s i'm totally going off topic oh yeah it's fine it's fine (laughs) yeah uh stand-up in general i feel like there's a huge barrier to entry because of pc culture uh, especially coming out of the pandemic again, things are even more changed. And the pendulum, we don't know where it swung, I feel mm-hmm. like, at this point. Um, well, and especially here. Because yes. that's the thing. It's, it, it would be a different conversation, I think, if we were in... Uh, you know, in New York, in New York or yeah. in Chicago mm-hmm. or in L.A. Uh-huh. But we're in Dallas. Yes. And it is a very different... It's, it's so interesting yes. to watch open mics here, um, to watch stand-up... Like, full-on stand-up shows here. Mm-hmm. It's just people take different uh, approaches. It's it's not even so much like they're more reserved or more like outlandish. It's it's just a different vibe. I don't know how to describe it. Come yeah. to an open mic, y'all. Okay? <laughs> Wednesdays and Sundays here at DCC. And I will say, I know this is also off topic, but <laughs> we, we did a free workshop with, with Latrice Wilkerson mm-hmm. and we had a bunch of um, our recent stand-up students in that room. One of them made a point to say that she loves coming to the Dallas Comedy Club open mics because it's the, it feels like the safest, most supportive room she's Yay. ever been in for open mics. And so I just want to pat on the back for both of us mm-hmm. to make sure, you know, that's not an easy um, environment to create when no. it comes to stand up. Yeah. And shout out to Sarah oh, uh, us and, uh, and Xavier, Xavier Poole. We up? love you both. <laughs> because they do run um, our open mics the majority of the time. And we we totally like when you sign up, you have to say I'm not a jerk. We yeah. like, <laughs> and like we'll cut to your mic if yeah. you're being a di- we'll straight up boo Dude, you. I booed someone the other day for saying a fat joke. Dude, it was not it, cool yeah, yeah. of that. I mean, it, it just fuck that guy. <laughs> Don't make fat jokes. No, but it's interesting. Like what? Yeah, the jokes that fly here versus like New York that I'm still learning about. Yeah, yeah. stand up is a whole different world, and you're tiptoeing, but you're also finding yourself. And again, I don't ever want to cancel anybody because I'm afraid of being canceled. But I do want to be able to have teachable moments and say like, hey, that doesn't fly in this current culture or in the future when we look back, I want to be give people grace. Like, hey, that flew in the culture back then. So you're not canceled for present day. But like, just let you know, times have changed. And this is us changing Adjust. and learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're all we're all still learning. Yeah. None of us is a finished product. No. Okay. Yeah. And if you're coming into this space acting like a fool. <laughs> Saying fat jokes. Come don't on. do it. Yeah, you're going to get the muscle. Yeah, you're going to get the muscle. Also, you're going to get that boo. I just got to say, no more misogynists. <laughs> oh, my um, God. No more. My uh, God. Please. I, 
uh, one of my happiest days here, I kicked out a massage in this. Yes, we did. Because he just didn't want to talk to women and was very mean to women, so but rude. went around shaking hands with men. And um, you guys, it's equality over anything. We want to be open arms and make it a safe space. And people who are misogynist, if you're racist, if you're saying fat jokes, that's not safe. No. Get out of here with Get that. Get out of here. That's so like obvious day one stuff. Yeah. But it's wild. It's I mean, wild. we still we still experience it yeah. constantly. And again, because we are in Dallas, I feel like this it's a couple years delayed here is yeah. has been my experience there's still like shock when someone gets in trouble for saying something racist homophobic transphobic whatever for sure. um and it's like why it's bananas to me coming from new york where, yeah. and you've been you've lived in la you've lived in new york yeah. like you also have had very like liberal exposure totally to this then, is wild <laughs> oh to be here and to experience such pushback yeah. When it's like all we're trying to do, we're not trying to tell you personally what to be offended by. What right. we're trying to do is just establish a safe space yes. so anyone can come and play and be goofy and feel like they're in a, a safe environment to create. Right. And we can't do that if y'all are being bad. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a dick. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say it. Don't be a dick. Literally. When I first moved here from New York, my first uh, job in, in Texas was in Frisco, so a suburb. And I was working uh, at Nordstrom selling shoes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you say like, you know, have a nice day. But it was like, oh, happy holidays because it was the holiday season. Yeah. And he held my hand um, when I was going to give him the bag. And he held, he said, you mean happy holiday. And then he like let go. And I was like, no, I mean, happy holidays. <laughs> Literally, like, um, as a Jewish woman, you're like, Jew what the yeah. fuck? Like, uh, no, how about happy Hanukkah? How about that fuck? Like, I just, like, so, and I remember that moment of, like, uh, I had just come from New York. I'm like, dude, that shit would not, I'd be like, fuck you if I wasn't in a customer service oh. moment right then. Um, but I was also like, that's a bummer that he corrected my inclusivity. Yeah. Right? To make it less inclusive of a statement. And I don't know, that just doesn't fly with me. It, like, No. Yeah. It and just, it shouldn't, but, it that's, shouldn't. but that's a great example example of sort of like the delay that yeah. that Texas I shouldn't say all of Texas but at least Dallas it feels like they're still sort of catching up yeah and that's really the suburbs you know that and well yeah you know, the, the the liberal stuff is a little younger but, but our community here is dope I oh really my do God, feel I like love the people in this building everybody yeah our little nuclear family nuclear 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 nu I think nuclear family is I don't right know. I don't know what <laughs> I'm trying to say I don't know. yeah um uh it's toxic I uh, know no. <laughs> it's wonderful no, here it's literally here is like the mecca of the people that are accepting and of the artists that want you to be again vulnerable creative all that stuff so i feel like we're in this little safe space and i want to protect it so much yeah um and i, I think that was a question about stand-up yeah maybe but yeah. who cares <laughs> that was great that was a beautiful monologue thank you you know we have a lot of people who are going to the website for the first time or coming into this building for the first time and, and they see a show or they they watch a loved one like perform for the first time and maybe they want to try this what piece of advice would you give to a brand new comedy student someone who's either stepping into like an improv class for the first time or sketch or stand up or whatever angle they've decided to go down what's that piece of advice you'd give them definitely i would say if you're thinking about signing up sign up yeah so don't think twice about it because you gotta you gotta jump out of the airplane you gotta live life right yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be the guy that hangs on to the airplane and when you land you're still there and all your friends have the right and that's uh, i feel like if you're thinking about doing it just do it throw yourself on stage that's number one and then number two is you don't have to prepare i really do feel like come as you are i've restarted so many programs i've you know uh, taken classes at many different schools um with 
with different philosophies. And it almost kicks my butt anew when it's a different school that uh, that is training me yeah. because um, I, I have all these preconceived ideas of what I think comedy is already or what I'm good at or all these tools that I know how to use a hammer, right? Oh, and yeah. Here comes a power drool. Whoa, a power, power drool? A power drool, a power tool. <laughs> Here, whoa! I love a power drool. I'm just picturing someone like like aggressively drooling yeah, on it, you. Yeah. They have like a deviated septum yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, and so uh, I feel like just come in as a blank slate mm-hmm. and be open to uh, you know take risks. Just listen, but come as you are because everyone is so special and unique. I know it sounds like I'm not a mother. I don't really have to say that, no. but in the comedy world, I find that very true. It is very yeah. true, and I love that you too are someone who's not afraid to just like start from scratch at a program. I'm the same way. I've taken classes all over the country. And every time I started at a new school, the most I would maybe ask is if I could skip level one, just because level one is all about like, yes, then get out of your shell. It's very similar no matter where you go. But even then I would take it anyway. You just finished level two here. I did. I took our own level two (laughs) class because I was like, why not? Why would I um, cut myself off from the ability to learn from someone brand new with a totally different set of life lessons and and experiences that is going to teach me completely differently than what I learned at UCB or where I learned at Magnet or IO or whatever. Um, It's so interesting because we see it a lot of people who are like demanding they want to (laughs) take level four right away because they went through a program already and it's like, I can promise you the program here is very different well and our teachers are amazing and like you said like just learning from a different teacher with different life experiences i think that is so valuable i want to take level one with chad klein and rachel farm exactly i want to take both of them yep listening to them like yell down the hall like during our workouts so there's amazing but i'm excited about that i would take a level one again for that and dude you uh i was telling you i just took basic um through uh the groundlings yeah and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna pass yeah (laughs) that's like their level one because it's a completely different skill of doing that character work holding stuff all uh, it kicked my butt i loved it i passed Hell <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. it is yeah. it's it's every program is completely different and unique so even if you're out there and you've taken improv uh, or sketch or stand-up or whatever at a different school or with a different program if you're somewhere new and you see a program pop up do I, just do it because do it. there's no way easier to get involved in a community too than mm. by starting at the bottom and working your way up totally. i i mean how many how many times have we started Started at the bottom and now we're here and now we're here <laughs> literally our whole like bridesmaids like all of our, our wedding party was uh comedians from our improv teams yeah because you go through this boot camp with them like second, yes it's a big chunk of your life where again you just you're sharing real vulnerabilities real human experiences i can't talk it up enough but it's the best way to make friends fast oh yeah um to feel uh part of something bigger than yourself and also like if you don't think you can learn something from level one or two or something like I'm sorry, you know everything Mm -hmm. about... I don't know, man. If you're not taking a class, you're telling me that you don't want to grow. Yeah. Um, Yeah, if you think... In in life, like I said, just learn. Just keep learning, right? Don't be the old fuddy-duddy that's like, nah, I've got all the tools. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to learn TikTok, Kim. I know. (laughs) That's my next thing. (laughs) I need you, too. I'm ramping myself up. No, Uh, (laughs) I tell tell everyone, I'm like, don't take a class from someone unless they are actively taking classes as well. I said that... I say it constantly it's I'm kicking our own teachers butts about taking each other's classes because I'm like it will help you grow not only as a performer but as an instructor as well I can't tell you how many games are played in these classes that I learned from teachers that I've had in the last 10-15 years like 
take classes. Exactly. Also, I do want to give a shout out because I don't know if you're going to touch on this at all about like Zoomprov. Um, Please yes. talk about Zoomprov. Uh, just it changed my life. Um, it like mine too. I'm yeah. in Dallas because Literally. of it. <laughs> I feel like it changed my life. It saved my life. It like it was so important during the pandemic, and I connected to people all over the world. I've got, I grew relationships that would have never happened. I made best friends. Kim, I met you. I of, know. Like, it's literally, so crazy. It's cra- I met you. You're a, you were a pen pal, basically. <laughs> and You I, didn't know what the bottom half of me looked like for a you had year. one. Like, like at no all. Clue. Yeah. Do you know the filters are so good? You could have been a cat. You have no <laughs> idea. The eyebrows that I had on Zoom were <laughs> fake. I, they were a Zoom filter to give I me know. good eyebrows. When I first met Kim, she was like, Oh my God, you have a white mole on your chin. That was one of the first <laughs> things she said because we had been Zooming for a year. But I guess my ring light had drowned it that did. out. It blended into your whole face. But I was like, and you have legs. So we're <laughs> even. No, I have to tell this story. The first time I met Rosie in person, I came down to Dallas. This was in April of uh-huh. 2021, right? Yep. Yeah. So I come down to um, meet her and Ian um, and to see the theater and sign my contract because right. they offered me uh, my role here at DCC. And so uh, I, I fly down. I had told Rosie I was staying at one hotel and my hotel booking got messed up and I ended up having to move which hotel I was staying in. And I didn't I, know that. I didn't tell her. <laughs> so we flash forward to, it's the first day we're here and I'm texting with Rosie and all of a sudden kind of out of nowhere, she goes, what hotel are you staying at? And I'm like, oh, this one. We ended up having to change. And she calls me and she goes, Kim, I tried to send a bottle of champagne to a room that didn't exist. And then I panicked because I thought you were catfishing me. I was not catfishing it, you. It was like your flight was delayed yep. too. And so when I was texting you, then it was all like unread. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what just happened? This person I talked to every night for a gone. year. Yeah, gone. gone. I was like standing there with champagne. I was like, this hotel is closed. <laughs> but thank you for not catfishing Dude, me. Dude, I'm being real. real. I'm real. Yeah, you're the real deal. Dude. Best best hire. Sorry, everybody. Oh, shit. Thank you. <laughs> no, cut that out. We really need Seth. No, we need Seth. Shout we out need Seth. Beth. We Seth, love Beth. Beth. Anybody Beth. that rhymes, everyone has an ETH. We um, love you. Meth, if you're out there. No, 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 no. Stay out of here. Stay on the road. Um. <laughs> All right, damn, this is, I knew we were gonna go so long. No, this is amazing. So do you have like a a particular moment, whether it be on class or in stage, on stage where like, you know, we, we've all go through these uh, classes and we learn a lot of like rules and I put rules in quotes, right? But it's like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into improv. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're making it up on the spot, but there are these little like nuanced rules that we want to follow. We want to yes in, we want to support our scene partner. We don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Was there any particular like lesson or concept that for the longest time was just like, I don't get this. And then there was that light bulb moment. Okay, that's a, ooh, a good question. I will tell you the light bulb moment that hurt me the most. Yeah. I could think because that's hell yeah. You learn so much in these, yeah, in these really embarrassing situations. And it was, I want to say, my level five or level six class uh, show at the Magnet Theater. It was one of our run of shows. And I played crazy. And mm-hmm. uh, you hear it all the time, right? Play Don't crazy. play crazy. Don't do the like, she's not on her meds or whatever. And I did like a pop up, like out of one of the cutout windows. And mm-hmm. I was just crazy person with crazy face and doing stuff that didn't make sense to n- no applause, to nothing, yeah. right? And what I didn't do, and this is the big light bulb moment later, is I didn't bring it back. And so, um, I don't, A, don't do crazy. It just don't doesn't do really it. work. 
But when you throw something and nobody's there to catch it, when you lob that and you you everyone heard it, yeah. I promise everyone in the audience heard it. Hang on to that because everyone heard it. And what they're going to try to do is erase it in front of their mind. Yeah, and go into, uh, someone's going to wipe that scene because it didn't work and the next scene will hit and blah, blah, blah. Three to four scenes later, five scenes later, in the button, lob it again and I guarantee it'll land. Yep. It's this weird mathematical thing that I didn't have the tools at the time. I feel like to save myself mm -hmm. and I think that people have these experiences of these like adrenaline shock. It didn't work and then what they do is what I did. I didn't get back out in mm -hmm. any scene for the rest of the show. You sit on the sidelines with I your tail between your cry. legs. Yep. Yes. You just fucking hate yourself in that moment yeah yeah i felt my ears get real hot to yep. me yeah and then i thought about it later i was like if i could have at the restaurant scene just been that great come from underneath the table or something Amazing. it would have hit right yeah so um that's my biggest advice is that everything the audience sees um nothing is a bad move if you don't revisit it yeah yeah and counter to that what i will say i have a similar experience where it was like a light bulb moment based on like a terrible yeah. thing I did on stage. <laughs> we were doing a mono scene and I came out and I had established myself as just like the most misogynistic, awful father character. I was just Oof. awful. <laughs> and the whole time I'm playing this character, I'm like, I hate what I'm doing. I hate this, the audience hates me, I hate me, my teammates hate me. Every time I was in a scene, nothing hit, no matter how much I was doing over and over again. Afterwards, our coach came up to us and was like, he looked at me, I immediately started crying because I was like, I'm sorry. He goes, you didn't like doing any of that, did you? And I was like, no, I hate it, I hated that. He goes, then why didn't you just change? Why didn't you just change? Have the last thing that another character says impact you and change. So, oh, you've been this misogynistic piece of shit the whole set, and now all of a sudden you're like your wife, the wife character says, like, honey, I burned the toast. Just start crying and have that be <laughs> the existential moment yeah. this character needs to change. And I was like, damn. Yeah. That's a great that's a really note. Yeah. And I remember that every time now where I'm like, I hate what I'm doing. Cool. Uh -huh. The next thing somebody says, next time somebody says something, I'm just going to change. Dude. And yes. it works every time. And, and like honestly reacting is like so, no, 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 It's that's where you get the laughs actually from. Yep. Jamie Moyer, it was uh, my coach for Dalai Lana's. Shout out Dalai Lana's yes. for a while. Um, and she said, uh, the audiences don't come to see how funny you are. They come to see you react. Yeah. And that's actually what the funny is. And it's like, it's so simple when you say it that way, but it's so true. When somebody says, I burnt the toast and the guy starts crying, that's the laugh. Oh my God, it's so delicious. That is so like, holy, because that's the reaction. And that's the human thing is we don't know what's getting thrown at us every day. Yeah. And all we have is our like reactions. <laughs> yeah. Why am I yeah. And that's so real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I burnt toast and cried. And cried yeah. Every day. Yeah. Damn, my toaster sucks. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to shift. We're going to shift no. hard shift. Hard. Ready? Hard shift. Put it out hard. Hard shift. These are fun goof goof questions okay. now. This is where we dig into Rosie's psyche. Ah! Okay, so if you could insert yourself into any TV show or movie in history, what would it be? And this is not like you're now Cruella DeVille in 101 Dalmatians. It's just you're another character in this world. Okay. 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 So which movie or okay. TV show? Okay. Okay, Austin Powers. 
<laughs> it looks so fine. This is literally, I'm just being honest and reacting. I love this answer. Uh, Beyonce's in it. I'm yep. a huge fan. Um, well, she's like in the later one. Great. And you could, you know, all of those puns and stuff. I feel like uh, that hit me would at a comedy you, time. Would you be like, uh, like you know, a, a pussy galore type character? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would want some <laughs> ho name <laughs> and like cool gadgets. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I think honestly, like those type of movies and like the whole, the Anchorman type of movies, yeah. obviously Big Daddy. Type of, there's so Big many. Daddy. Yes. I loved Big Daddy. Dude. Yeah. That like, I remember that was one of my first DVDs I owned. Those type of crews I always wanted to be a part of. Yeah. Um, that's. It, I think that the Austin Powers thematically would be so fun, and I love like the shadow gags, and yeah. I love all of that. So yeah, I don't know why not. Oh yeah, dude, I groovy did not baby, know. groovy baby, yeah, spinning beds. <laughs> this is very. This is a fun detail about you that I did not know. Yeah, I love that. Okay, if you could choose a song that would play every time you entered a room, it's like your intro. There's song. some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. There's a hundred percent Cardi B. Oh, it's yeah. either WAP or Bodak Yellow. Hundred percent. All right. A thousand percent. 2000? <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't pick Blackpink or Pink Black. What is their band name? First of all, fuck you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, Blackpink. So, I'm um, so sorry. The problem, the reason I didn't is because I don't know the words yet <laughs> to any of the songs. <laughs> I love K-pop, but you don't know what I don't any of it know. means. Yeah, yeah. I know like the, like, uh, boy with love, like the, the English parts. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. It's just fun to dance to. Okay. But um, depending on my mood, I wouldn't want to just dance in the room, you know, like, and not know the words. But if it's Cardi B, I can angrily Rapid, I can mm -hmm. sexually rap. Uh, yeah, I'm into Anyways, it. Anyways, there's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. Um, if you had to choose today, what would the title of your autobiography or Netflix special be? <laughs> Three nipples. <Yes! laughs> Wait, you have to talk about it now. Yeah, I do. Um, and for the record, it would be the number three, uh -huh. um, and then nipples with probably three P's. All caps. Um, so I do. I have a third nipple, and it's something that I sh I like shied away from a lot growing up. Once I found out from the doctor, <laughs> I was definitely wanting to wear more tankinis instead of bikinis uh -huh. and stuff. In case somebody was like, "What is that?" Because it is in a visible space if I have a bikini on. Yeah. Um, um, yes, it's on the mammary gland. I'm totally fine talking about this. I love this. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the funniest things I know about you, and I'm really glad it came up naturally yeah. in the podcast instead of me, like, shoehorning it in. Yeah, no, you're like, so tell me about how many nipples you so have. How many nipples um, do you have? Yeah. I ask that question to everyone. Don't worry. Um, yes, yeah, so I do have three. It's on the mammary gland, and the doctor said that it's a 50-50% chance that it will uh, have produce milk if I have a kid. So growing up, I knew a couple other people that had their nipples, actually, and they got them burnt off. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's a super standard thing to like burn it off and then it won't turn into a yeah a is, I'm sorry it's just so crazy to me that you're like I know a few people who also had a third nipple it's crazy common actually what? yeah I did a whole speech about it in high school and I got an A plus and I was like at the end of the speech I'm gonna flash all of you and so everyone's like what uh, turns out my teacher had a third nipple Whoa. A plus baby Whoa. Um, okay sorry long story short fast forward to me being in New York and being just like a drunk improviser at a bar after a show I was hitting on my improv teacher. You guys, don't be me. Don't, <laughs> don't be, be Rosie. And, uh, and I was like, I got a third nipple. And he was like, um, Ian, get over here. Uh, calling out my husband. Uh, I never met him before. He brought him over and he was like, say that to Ian. And I was like, hey, like, I have a third nipple. And then Ian said, what? I have one too. 
Whoa! Literally soulmate. <laughs> Rosie's yeah. foaming at the mouth. Ah, so hot, right? So time stood still. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And we got together and have been together over 10 years, all based on us being two people with six nipples. It's so fucking crazy. Yeah. And I think that I, I generally wouldn't mind that being a title or like anything because I, love I it. just want to show people that I'm an open book and I'm trying as a 33-year-old woman to just be unapologetically myself. Fuck yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. <laughs> as she said that, she took her earrings out and yeah, flashed me. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Rosie, this is going to be the last question in this segment. I want to know what are three things that new comedy students should consume, whether it's books, TV shows, movies, a, a sculpture, like literally anything under the sun. What are three things that you think new comedy students should consume? You got to read. Uh, somebody told me that um, really early in my comedy career and you have to read. And mm -hmm. I think that's like actually really important because of like dialogue is very different on stage, mm -hmm. but knowing um, like the different heroes journeys and stuff yes. that like an actual character takes in a book, something that's really like thought out. I think that that's really impressive and it stays with you uh, background processing while you're doing and writing stand up sketch or doing an improvise because every character has a want in a book. Yeah. So read. Um, I think there's that. I also, I don't do this, but really pop culture I, the most popular thing on Netflix is what's going to be uh, talked about yep. so uh, late night shows and pop culture references you do want to I, what's everybody's talking squid about squid games That's everyone's everyone I haven't watched it yet I only think of squidward and so like, yeah just really busy I know I gotta watch it but I'm like in the five hours I'm not in this building I'm gonna sleep yeah no same we should just have it maybe playing at the bar <laughs> so I like get across Perfect. it yeah and then the last thing that I would say is um consume as much non-comedic material. So whether that be the news, like if you are into 2020 or like a documentary or something, I tell people to try to not look for that kind of funny and just have something special that's outside of comedy specifically. Mm -hmm. Like we did not touch on it, but I did raise uh, like farmer animals oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I am a grand champion dairy farmer. I do know the seven different breeds of dairy goats. And that has made some of my writing a lot more uh, juicy and vivid and yeah. um, stuff that I can draw on. So have an interest that isn't comedy related at all and get involved in that. And you'll find that it makes your comedy so much more uh, deep. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Ryan Vixell is a is a great example of that. He's like a, a historian, fucking right? nerd when yeah. it comes to history because he teaches like um, not junior high, high school, uh, not English history. Yeah, yeah. I'm bad at words today. <laughs> um, but yeah, like watching him with Redemption, it's like he'll just pull out. Oh yes, this is exactly how uh, I'm like Genghis Columbus, 1940 or 1492, right? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. He can actually like talk about like what they ate on the ships yeah. and like it's and it makes his scene work so rich and yeah. hilarious because you're like he could be banking it up, but none of us would ever know because right. he's so fucking confident in yeah. the delivery. It's yeah. So you're really playing to the top of your intelligence if you really are intelligent in something else that's not specifically comedy as well. So, right. I'm sorry, I don't have specific works. No, to these are yeah, great. Yeah. This is <laughs> Go find your thing that you enjoy yeah. and consume it. Yeah. All right. This is our final segment before we get to some improv. This is called First Thought, Best Thought. Ah! These are one word answers only. Okay. So first thought, best thought. What is your idea of misery? Pain. What is your idea of pure bliss? Pain. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, um, uh, uh, feel. Feel. <laughs> what or who is your biggest inspiration? Chris Farley. Oh, 
fucking <laughs> same. Uh, Tommy Boy is one of my all-time favorite movies. What? Uh, it really is, dude. I, we should do oh my a oh scene my. from that. Right, right now. Now, <laughs> that's what we're gonna do for the improv. We're just gonna improvise the entire Tommy Boy movie after this. Play the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your biggest vice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, relaxing. <laughs> no, okay. My biggest vice would be. Um, I just exercise too much. <laughs> I drink too much water. Oh, yeah, no. you're just so um, healthy. I volunteer too much. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, uh, sometimes I don't wear my night guard. I hate you. Uh, do you ask for permission or for forgiveness? Permission, 100%. Wow. So we are now segueing into our final segment. This is our improv uh, we're going to do, I've got my little handy random word generator in front of me. The same one I used throughout the pandemic. Oh, the coffee one. Yeah. Improv coffee, improv.coffee for anyone who's interested. Um, there's no.com or.org after that, just improv.coffee and then hit enter and it's going to pull you up this amazing little word generator. You don't even work for them. I know, <laughs> but it's great. Hashtag hire me. Hashtag <laughs> pay me improv.coffee. Um, so what do you want for our suggestion? We've got, um, a random word, location, relationship, profession, accents, emotions, literally anything you can think of. I can do, a, um, oh. how about a noun? <laughs> okay. Just a random word. Fine. <laughs> Uh, price, price, price. I don't want to pay taxes. Um, well, Joanne, I I appreciate you confiding in your accountant about this, but you know we go through this every year at tax season, and you have to pay your taxes. Unfortunately, it is yeah. sort of what you have to do as an adult. But listen, I've been painting. Oh, a lot. Okay. And uh, what I've learned is if you like follow the acrylic drip, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You just enter your own bliss and I don't want to pay taxes. You know, I think that's inspiring. Yeah. It's beautiful, really. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy you brought uh, one of your paintings That's still in. wet. Don't touch it. Oh, I, yeah, I, it's too late. I definitely, my hand is covered in red paint, it, but. It's permanent. I'm sorry, it's permanent? It's part of the process. You get permanent paint. Okay. okay. Uh, I, you're not an artist. I'm. I'm not. I'm an accountant. I'm your accountant, and I. I really. Let I, me ask you, Lisa. Sure. When you got up this morning, were you like, "There's no question. I always button the top button in my button up." Of course. Pull. Okay. Look at me. Yeah. I'm buttoned all the way from the right. bottom to the top. Yeah. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt underneath the button up. Yeah. I, I don't like to be exposed to the world. Well, Joanne, oh, are you, just, you know this. Are you literally just pointing out the fact that I'm just wearing a vest? Yeah. I it's a little I mean, again, you're an artist. I appreciate your um the paint is permanent. I you keep saying that and my hand is now starting to burn yeah. a little bit. Is that normal? Look, I just want to make sure that I don't have to pay. You definitely have to pay the taxes. Oh. I you have to pay it, and I I like I said I really appreciate the painting. It's gonna it's gonna look beautiful on the wall. Don't this touch! Is, don't oh there yeah. It's there's even more on me now. Yeah. I, uh, why does it burn? It's a special. It's very expensive, which is why I probably can't pay my taxes. Okay, Joanne, uh, are you okay? You seem l less okay this year than than years previously. 
Well, I mean, you would know looking at <clears throat> this crumpled up piece of paper I'm smoothing out. <laughs> These are my uh, f- income finances of the entire year. Oh, okay. Well, now it's stuck to my hand because of the paint, but um, that's... Um, you know. So you messed up, so I don't... Ha- oh, that might pull your skin Ow. off. Fuck. Uh, it did. Um, Joanne, all this paper says is I got no money. Listen... <laughs> What is, what? I know that you live on a lake, okay? I know you got a lake house. How do you know this? Okay. Are you following me again? No, okay. Because we, I I did the, what's it called? The restraining order, and then we we got rid of the restraining order. We got past it. We got past it. I'm still, are you following me? Following, it's kind of like you're a duck and I'm a little duck and you're cutting the air so that it's easier for me to kind of, you know, swim with you, duck mom. Joanne, are you the one that's living in my shed? I'm, I am. I fucking I am. knew it. Um, and I can't pay rent or taxes. Okay. But now since you've kind of ruined my art, um... I guess uh, we got nothing to do here, but I'll just take me and my vest out, and uh, we'll call it even. No, we, no, you're the government. No, 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 no. I am not the government. I explain this to you every Ooh. year. I am. I am an accountant. I help you pay the government. But you, as the government, are I, housing me. Okay. Right now, can Joanne, we just talk about this at home? No, we cannot, Joanne. No? I need you to move out of the shed. Mm. I need you. To give me something Can to get this pain off my hand. you me with that stiff painted hand? I'm, I'm, it's literally stuck in this position. Mm. Mm. Joanne, mm. I, I'm, I'm worried about you. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I would be worried about your shed because there's a hole and it's getting real cold in there. It's getting, you know, at night. Why is there a hole in the shed? That shed was brand new. Did you put a hole in my shed? Well, if I'm going to light a fire... Why are you lighting a fire in my wooden shed? Did I come here to get yelled at? You or to came settle here a tax to pay bill? your taxes! And I think I've done that. Oh, my God. You no, know what? don't cry. I am going to cry because this has been already a very hard day. Jim left this morning. No. No. What that was mean, that fighting no. was yes, about? that's what the fighting was about. Don't cry on the painting! Oh, don't cry on the no, painting! Oh, God. <laughs> Now I think you owe me money. I'm not paying no, you, yeah, you, Joanne. Just... I'm gonna let you ruin that painting because you're clearly going through something, and also you. you have termites. I'm sorry, what? I brought some in to see if they could help with the with the shed. How would a termite help with a wooden shed? Okay, so you know Texas. Yes, I know bugs. Do you? I thought Do... you were a painter. Okay, it's a new thing. I'm. I'm going to have to fire you. I'm sorry. You know what? I I think I'm going to have to let you go. No. Yes. I'm firing. No, I'm firing you. Okay, but at home when we talk about it, no, I'm not tell... going back. You're not coming back to my home. So no one's coming back to your home tonight? How dare you? No, don't. I'm sorry. How dare I, you? No, you know I, Jim and I. Don't worry. You don't owe me money years. anymore. Don't worry. You don't owe me any more money. I, you, I, you owe me money. You don't even owe me money. You owe the government so much money, okay, Joanne. Okay. Well, if you could just tell them I'm very kind. <sighs> I wear a vest. It's a nice vest. It's trustworthy. Look, there's a pocket. Can I ask you something? How long have you been living in my shed? 
Just uh, be honest. How long? I don't own a calendar, but it's snowed four times since I moved in. Okay. So you've, I mean, how much of, of mine and Jim's arguments have you heard? I'm sure a lot of them then Are at you this point. Also arguing when you're having sex? Oh, my God. Because I can hear, I can definitely hear it. Where did I go wrong? You know, he was supposed to be it, and it's... It sounds like you leave your towels on the ground. Uh, you know what? I can't help it. I, I work all day. I come home. I just want to relax. He also has a part-time job, and I'm not... You know what? I'm not on his side. It sounds like you're on his I'm side, just, Joanne. You raise your voice. Hey, wait a second. Are we going to address the termites? No, fuck the termites. I, I can worry about the termites another okay. day, okay? okay? I'm feeling fragile and lonely. Have you ever painted? No. If I can get a small loan, I can go get some more paint. I'll bring it back here or at home, and we can. You're, you're touching my hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 would, I, I think I'm stuck to you now. The Ow. paint has dried. Ow! You're get, you're all up in my knuckle hairs. <laughs> I'm rip I'm, those out. Let's go get some paint. Let's go get some paint. Fuck Jim. Fuck Jim. But not like last Thursday. No, I don't know. Okay. Jim. All right, Joanne. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, I'm going to go to jail eventually, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's 100% for sure. Yeah. All right. I know your address. I know you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great, Rosie. Yay! Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Um, is there anything else that you want to plug or tell people to check out where they can find more of you, website or Instagram or wherever? Um, okay. I would say dallas-comedyclub.com. Faux show. Um, and I just want to say, like, I don't want to cry. Um, I just love everybody so much. I love this community. I love our teachers. I love our staff. I'm immensely grateful for this opportunity. And um, every day is a blessing. And thank you to everyone who supports this and believes in the dream and is going to keep comedy in Dallas. Uh, I love you. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. And um, I believe in this dream. And thank you guys so much for believing in it, too. Oh, Rosie is leaking from every orifice on her Gross. face. There's liquid coming out of her mouth, nose, eyes, and ears. Help me. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in to this episode. Rosie, thank you so much for being here, for being vulnerable and open and talking about your experiences. Um, I, too, am so grateful to be here at Dallas Comedy Club and to be able to help create and maintain this amazing community that has been so fucking awesome yeah. since the moment I got here. Um, so thank you for creating a safe space for people in Dallas to come and play and learn and be weird on stage. Hell yeah, come be weird with us. Come be weird with <laughs> us. Check out dallas-comedyclub.com for our current class calendar, our current show calendar. You can take a class actually pretty soon with Rosie herself. If you're interested in taking a sketch writing class, Rosie's going to be teaching our next sketch one class. So now's the time, folks. Today's the day. Go sign up. Uh, thank you all again for tuning in. Uh, this has been the Dallas Comedy Club podcast. I've been your host, Kimberly Alou, but you already knew that. <laughs> Stay safe out there, folks.